Thinking about a movie scene that involves guilt is difficult because guilt tends to be an emotion that is either shown physically or is told to us through some sort of verbal confession. And that just felt like a cop out. I was trying to think of where to go here and all of a sudden it hit me. 2017's Manchester by the Sea. This is a movie all about guilt and relationship and how those two things play into one another. And in this movie, Casey Affleck's character, Lee, has his story told in kind of two separate timelines through flashbacks. We see a man who is dealing with the loss of his brother and the incoming sort of unwilling adoption of his nephew so that he has a place to live. But we also find out through these flashbacks that he's carrying an immense amount of guilt in his life because he was responsible for the house fire that caused his children to die. This is an incredibly emotionally heavy movie. And the scene that I want to talk about specifically is really more visual than anything, but I want you to hear the music and the way that it rises with anticipation and anxiety and then boils over with frustration at the moment where Casey's character of Lee finally decides that he's going to try to end his own life by grabbing the gun from a police officer's holster in the room where he is being charged for arson. This is a very heavy and emotionally devastating scene, and before we move on, I do want to address the fact that I made a mistake. He wasn't charged for arson. He actually asks why he's not being charged right before that scene takes place. What we get is a man who is so at a loss for what to do, how to continue, that he decides he'd rather not. Thankfully, he stopped from doing so, and we get to see the rest of that story sort of play out and how he comes to terms with the guilt that faces him from this horrible, horrible accident. This is a movie all about how guilt and anxiety commingle within relationships and the roadblocks that they can cause. I highly recommend you watch this movie. Welcome to Story Shape Life, a podcast where we try to help make sense of the stories we believe about ourselves, others, and the world we live in. We're your hosts, Ben and Sam. And this season, we're talking about emotions. We're joined by Emily, a licensed professional counselor, who'll help us unpack the meaning and motivation behind the way we feel. Hello, Story Shape Life. It's us. We're here. <laughs> Why are you making fun of me? I'm trying so hard. The hand motion made it even better. I was just making little flag motions, miniature flag motions. Hello. Hello. This is our banner. you in here. <laughs> Landed over here and our podcast. Guys, it's tough. That's all I have to say. Welcome, everybody, <laughs> to our antepenultimate episode. That what is a word. word. That is a word. Um, I mean the episode before the end? 
the episode before the episode before the end. Because we have this one, which is about guilt and then shame. Oh, I gave it away. That's okay. And then our last one is our Q&A, which we will talk more about at the end of this episode. So let's get a little get into it. And Emily, why don't you give us the definition of guilt to send us off into this episode? Sure. So guilt is the emotion that signals to us that we have crossed our own uh, values, beliefs, opinions, morals, whatever else. Um, and it gives us the energy to take corrective action. So would you say guilt then helps us recognize that we've crossed our own standards? Is that a good kind of yeah. cover word for all of that? Sure. Okay, cool. Um, and I think we will probably talk a lot about this the next episode mm-hmm. in shame. Mm-hmm. But just real quick, because I think it will help talk, just give us a one sentence difference between guilt and shame. Yeah, that that is, that's with. important. Um, so guilt is much more connected to something that we've done, an action. Um, if you were referring to a situation that you were guilty of, um, you may say, I can't believe I did that. Emphasis on the that. Uh, shame is going to center much more around our identity, um, who we believe that we are. And if you were going to talk about a situation that you feel shameful about, you would say, I can't believe I did that emphasis on I. Yeah. And I think that leads us into the conversation I wanted to open, but the key difference or key factor is kind of the possibility of corrective mm-hmm. action mm-hmm. that in, in guilt there there is an open door to do something about it yeah what does corrective action usually look like yeah it can look like a lot of different things um this might simply be an apology there might not be anything that you can actually do to um change the situation um so it might just be be having a conversation with somebody apologizing for something that you've done. Um, it could also look like changing future behavior. It could look like, um, paying someone back or, um, you know, mending something in some way. Um, we'll come back to this in more depth in the shame episode, but, um, if we're using the example of a kid stealing a candy bar from, a grocery store or whatever. Um, if he felt guilty for that situation, he would, um, you know, go back to the grocery store and return it or pay some money or work for the candy bar, whatever needed to be done to right that wrong. Um, but the exact same scenario, he could feel shame about the situation and not only guilt, Um, And we'll talk about that next time. Yeah, we purposefully, when we decided, the three of us kind of looked at all the the emotions and what order that we wanted to put them in, we decided to put guilt and shame at the end, I think in large part because uh, they are, um, they're difficult. Uh, They're complicated and they're difficult, Um, especially in our society, we have a hard time kind of figuring out what to do with them. And I think this idea of like understanding with guilt and shame, especially what we're, I think we're going to see is, is hard for us to see how these emotions have a beneficial 
place in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, we see them very quickly as negative. And so guilt in particular, because that's what we need to focus on, is, is I think, really hard for us because it's something that, that we want to avoid so right. much. And like we've talked about with other emotions, it's one that we cover up a lot, mm-hmm. um, either with other emotions or with other actions. And something that you said made me think about um, something that we've talked about a lot I don't even remember how or where it came up, but the idea of like, you can't make up for things that you've done wrong. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Like, which sounds intense, but I guess it's come out of conversations about parenting and the idea that, you know, a lot of times parents, well-meaning will say, Hey, I'm so sorry that I missed this or that I, you know, I, I failed to hold, like keep this promise that I, whatever, I'll make it up to you. And I think that sentiment is, true is real like you want to make it up to it but to the person but the the reality is you're already guilty mm-hmm. and the feeling of guilt that you have is is not the problem it's like that you we there's this idea of letting the guilt do its thing so that you can then fix the situation mm-hmm. or whatever right mm-hmm. like you can actually do something different the next time right um, but guilt is another one of those that i think we maybe don't cover as much with emotions other emotions i'm sure that's still true um, I can definitely see us covering up with anger or, you know, but I think it's one that we try to cover up with um, pro- other promises or other actions that don't necessarily, yeah, they, they don't really do what we're wanting them to do. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. yeah, I think corrective action is the tricky part. And it it's tricky for two reasons that kind of come in conflict. One is that it's not necessarily always an action-reaction situation. Mm-hmm. Like, Emily, you mentioned, like, you could hurt someone and the only solution be apologizing. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't really, it's not like eye for an eye, you know? Right. And it doesn't feel like it equates the, the wrong that was done. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times that's necessary. Mm-hmm. And then in the, the same wavelength, a lot of time we try to use things like man, I made him cry. Let me buy him a candy. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of... Right. So it's an action, but it's not a corrective action. I guess exactly. that's that's the interesting piece is that exactly. we often do take actions in trying to deal with our guilt, but they're not actually coming mm-hmm. from the guilt. Like they're not, we're still not letting guilt do its thing appropriately. So they're not actually corrective actions. And usually when people try to um, act their way out of a guilty situation, they haven't acknowledge that they're guilty it's like in um in place of a conversation where they admit their guilt they instead try to buy you the candy or invite you to the thing or whatever to make up for it it, but they haven't stated that they feel guilty. Yeah. Before we move forward, what are some words that we could use in place of Oof. guilt? I'm going to throw one out early. I think sad mm. is often used. And I guess that requires a little bit of explanation. But I think a lot of times, instead of really referencing like, hey, I'm, I'm, I feel guilt about this situation. Mm-hmm. We'll just say, I feel sad about it, or mm-hmm. I, I'm mourning it, or, mm-hmm. you know, right. like, which whatever. may be there too, but mm-hmm. it kind of covers. It kind of yeah. doesn't really address the guilt specifically. Yeah. Um, I think I screwed up 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a, People yeah. say that a lot. Yeah. I screwed up. I messed up. Drop the ball. That right. kind of thing. Which is interesting because it alludes to the idea of mm-hmm. not either not reaching a certain uh, standard or like failing around a standard, right? Mm-hmm. So like it has the idea mm-hmm. it yeah. built into a lot of our terminology. Yeah. I, I've never thought about that. Yeah. I was wrong, maybe? I hope so. I mean, I hope we say that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. But yes, I, I mean, I, I think it's hard for us, but I hope mm-hmm. that's true. I think one of the reasons we have a hard time finding words is a lot of times people don't use words to describe the emotion. They use words to describe the situation. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Yeah. So like. Especially with guilt. And it's because yeah. it's so action. Mm-hmm. Action focused. Yeah. So it was inappropriate of me to do uh-huh. such and such. Right. Or I should have done that differently. Mm-hmm. It was wrong of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we don't really say like, I feel guilt. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and the word that I'm thinking of the most, which is related to something we talked about in the hurt episode, is uh, saying I'm sorry. So we may not say I feel guilty, but when we say I'm sorry, we're often recognizing that we feel guilty yeah. in some way or another. And just as a kind of a quick re- reference, uh, the three we talked about this again in the hurt episode. So if you if you want to hear more about it, it's there. But the three stages, um, and we got this from Gottman, uh, of a kind of a good um, apology are that you start with, I'm sorry, that I blank, and you talk about exactly what you did, um, and then go move on into, and in the future, I will blank. So I'm sorry that I, and you talk about what you did, and I will in the future, what you'll do differently. And that implicitly, again, builds in that, that idea of like, what corrective action are you going to take? Um, you still haven't taken it, and the guilt should still motivate you to take that corrective action. But at least you've explicitly said, "Here's my plan for how I'm going to uh, deal with this guilt." Yeah. So moving forward in our conversation, I think that kind of encompasses a lot of the words we use. Uh, one of the things that I would like to talk about and get y'all's thoughts on is I think there's two very perceivable, unhealthy responses to guilt. Mm. And in some in some way, I think they might both be rooted in not having guilt mm. and maybe faking guilt to some degree. But the two responses that I've seen a lot, and this is at a micro and macro level, that are I've I've just seen used a lot, is either one the woe is me i i have done you so much wrong i am a terrible person it leans into shame a lot Mm -hmm. um there's nothing i could ever do to fix this yeah and it's it almost victimizes yep (laughs) the the person who did the wrong yeah Mm. they don't take responsibility Yes, and and it's very common in that same wavelength to be like, and you remember I do this because of all these things that I've gone through, mm-hmm. and I'm you know I'm a victim of my experiences, and therefore, it's it takes away responsibility. Right. That's one hand, and then the other hand, <clears throat> falls more on the line of like. 
yes, I'm guilty, and that's not wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yes, I did that, but but that's okay. That's okay. That's, mm-hmm. I yeah. didn't actually fail at a standard or yeah, uh, yeah. I, I it's really weird. So let me give an example. Two boys are playing whatever sport. Pick a sport. Let's say soccer. That sports ball. that feels comfortable. Oh, yeah, to, that's fine. Soccer for me. <laughs> um, and one knocks the other one down, like commits a foul, I guess, and realizes that that foul was a foul, but then tries to cover it up with like, "But you're fine. You know that that's the game. You know we're playing soccer. Things happen." It doesn't mm-hmm. really admit to the guilt, mm-hmm. maybe because of pride, maybe because of embarrassment, uh, embarrassment, what for whatever reason, but does recognize that something was wrong, mm-hmm. you know. But there, there's, there's kind of a key element missing. Yeah. Yeah, or people that, you know, there's an accident or something happens and they apologize, sort of, but then they're like, well, but maybe you like shouldn't have been there, or maybe you could have right. done something. So it turns oh, yeah. back on the victim. Victim's a big word, so it's not always, you know, that intent. But the person that was affected by the ac- right. the accident and and tries to explain how they could have helped in the process. Yeah, right. You know? And that that's interesting that you say that because both of the sides that I talked about unhealthy reactions both turned their direction back on the person. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, in different ways, but they both do yeah. do the same. Yeah. So Emily, I would like to hear more about. The healthy side of guilt. Yeah. Um, So in opposition to both of those that you just talked about, um, it's someone taking full responsibility, right? But only about, uh, only for the part that they played. If you take over responsibility, um, that doesn't get you anywhere. So recognizing um, what you did wrong um, I think a, a good question to ask when you're dealing with guilt is what did I do wrong? So you can narrow it down and know exactly what you're taking responsibility for um, and stating that. And it, it doesn't have to be. And these are all of the other things that someone could have done differently. Maybe those things are even true, but that's not what responding to to your guilt is about. You're owning your part of the situation and, and um responding to it yeah and i want to bring up a kind of touchy subject but i think it's important culturally speaking i think we often see guilt as a never-ending pit Mm. and so even in occasions where people confess that guilt and ask for an apology correctly and like do their part in resolving that it's still like oh but you owe that person something right right and one way that I've seen it that falls in line with our conversation about emotions in general, it's like, oh, they're still still hurt. Yeah. And if they're still hurt, you still owe them something. Yeah. But I think an important distinction for us as people trying to navigate guilt mm-hmm. is that once we handle the guilt, yep. it is off our shoulders. Yeah. Once you have taken corrective action, you have done your part. Yeah. And the emotional response is up to the other person yes. they have to deal with it yeah and it's tricky because there are issues culturally that we deal with that are long term so like when we're talking about systemic racism right mm-hmm. or like um 
disinvestment in communities across, you know, our major cities and whatever. Uh, there's like this corrective action is long-term. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And so, so I do think that, that, that there is can't a, just be like, sorry, that happened. Right. Here's 10 bucks. Bye. <laughs> um, because that's what we've, that's what a lot of right. uh, communities have tried to do. So I, so I get that, like, I get where some of this comes from in the sense that, like, we recognize that there are some issues that require consistent corrective action, mm-hmm. that that's what actual corrective action requires mm-hmm. is. Uh, but you know, it also ongoing. doesn't mean that we sit in this pit and right. grovel Correct. to try to turn the situation around. Right, right. Or that, again, I think we're, to your point, what it makes me think of is that that, that idea has... Uh, has bled over into other issues that are not like that where consistent or constant corrective action is not required Mm -hmm. or right. doesn't make sense. And Mm so. Cause uh, someone could stay hurt for eternity because they feel like being hurt. Right. And they're not actually interested in healing the situation or working through it. Right. But uh, yeah. And it's just, it's tricky, but I get, but I get that it's it's tricky to figure out what topics or what. Um, one more time. But I guess what I'm saying is I get that there it's tricky sometimes to figure out which one is which. Sure. That you can be in the middle of it and think, oh, this is one of those. I have to keep giving correct, you know, corrective action, and then realize six months later, oh no, no, it wasn't. Right. <laughs> you know? And so right. there are a lot of those things that that we. Guilt does a weird can do weird things to us in in what we think we should be offering somebody. Yeah, and I think that really um, is true about all of the emotions that we've been talking about. We've been talking about them in a way that's very uh, math equation esque. You know, this is what it signals. This is what it gives you the energy to do. This is how you respond to it. Um, and all of those things are true for sure, but. They're way more gray than black and white. And so much of this is going to be talking through how to respond with people that you know and trust and um, deciding on the best way for the situation that you are specifically in to, to know how to handle each of these emotions. It's, it's not going to be something that you can, um, you know, look at a piece of paper and it tells you what to do about your guilt. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important. I guess we're giving advice to the person who feel, feels guilty and also to the person who is on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And to that, I would say there has to be a level of you also realizing what the reasonable corrective action is. Is Yeah. So, for example, if you're in a relationship with someone, and someone says something that hurts you, like, the reasonable corrective action is going to be very much in that moment mm-hmm. of the apology of moving forward and not saying those things anymore. You know, that's one of those situations where it's a little bit more concentrated when you get into like systemic racism, mm-hmm. then you get into the themes where it's like, well, there's a corrective action that needs to be ongoing mm-hmm. and almost evolving, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so as the person who's on the other side of that guilt being trying to be more aware of what 
what that situation really merits. Mm -hmm. And if they're giving you the wrong one, be able to, you know, maybe communicate that even. Mm -hmm. Which I think is a good segue into an important term that we need to talk about. uh, And that is false guilt. Yeah. Um, And how uh, generally it's something that we take on ourselves, but it is also something that we can put on others. So uh, Emily, will you explain false guilt to us? Sure. Um, so false guilt is when we have crossed someone else's opinions, beliefs, values, morals, standards is the word that you used earlier. Um, so when I was saying a good question to ask yourself is what have I done wrong? Um, that was kind of what I was getting at because often we can realize that we we haven't actually done anything wrong we've been made to feel like we did something wrong um according to someone else's standards we've done something wrong but we haven't actually offended anything um when it comes to our own morals belief standards um so this is not this is emotional guilt, not legal guilt, right? I understand that there are a list of laws that we're supposed to abide by, um, but that is not the feeling of guilt. Um, you only feel guilty when you've crossed your own morals, beliefs, opinions. Versus false guilt, that I guess in that idea of like, what have I done wrong? If you can answer that question clearly, then you are experiencing true guilt. True guilt, mm-hmm. or what we say, like healthy guilt. Right. But if basically what we're asking ourselves is what does someone else think that I've done wrong? That's kind of getting into this false guilt territory. It's like you haven't decided the standard. Right. Somebody else has decided the standard. Right. And your idea of of legal guilt is we all have decided together socially that there are certain standards uh, and that doesn't really, it's not equating with how you feel. You could know that the law is to stop at a stop sign, but you don't actually feel guilty for not stopping at the stop sign because it's not a standard you hold yourself to. Right. But you still uh, still are legally guilty. Bound right? by yeah, it. Right. right. But you're not going to have an emotional reaction whenever you don't stop at the stop sign. Right. And I think it's worth mentioning. It doesn't take an, an emotional response to take corrective action. Sure. And yeah, that, that's true. that really gets us into the big talk about culture because that's mm-hmm. where a lot of people in talks about racism misogynistic behavior mm-hmm. uh, you know oppression of women or you, you know, all those big culture conversations yeah. come in because a lot of people are like well i don't feel guilty for what i'm doing i mm-hmm. don't think what i'm doing is wrong that doesn't necessarily suggest that there shouldn't be corrective action mm-hmm. and it we are getting into murky territory mm-hmm. but it's the big word we're talking about is empathy yeah yeah and starting to really see outside of ourselves Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in terms of interacting with people in a community. And on maybe a pragmatic level, I think there's also a sense of, uh, I want to be careful how I say this. Um, It is, uh, yeah, I'm going to be really careful with this. It is quote, okay to not feel bad about something like racism wait (laughs) uh in the sense that like if you've decided i'm also just going to go live on an island by myself right like 
pragmatically, I'm not saying morally, I would totally disagree with that, whatever. But what I'm saying is like, uh, the problem really comes down to when it's like, oh, I don't feel guilty for this, but I also want the benefits of this, this social construct that we're all trying to build together. Right. So, so we're, it's a, it's, we're double denying, we're denying two like realities that have to coexist. So you can say like, well, this isn't a standard for me, but then that ha- that standard has to somehow match up with everyone around you. And if everyone around you says, well, actually, we have a different standard, then either you have to leave that group or abide by the standard, right? Like you can't have both. And anyway, that's kind of a long Another way of saying that or way that I've seen that play out is I don't believe racism is true, but I live in white privilege. Right, right, I right. Exactly. white privilege. Right. It's, it's a, yeah, it, it's a. Ah, here we go. It's the phrase. It's a double standard. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and that's why, and that's why I think a lot of it comes down to is like, oh, I don't feel this way, but I want to reap the benefits of whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, coming back to the idea of false guilt, um, I think what's often at play is uh, more of like people pleasing or. Um, like living your life by someone else's standards, not knowing yourself well enough to know if you've crossed your own boundaries or not. Um, So uh, there are other things at play that are keeping you bound to this false guilt, um, whether that's habits or, um, you know, confusion in relationships or whatever. Um, So it's really important to recognize um, what your own values, opinions, beliefs are so that you can identify when you should feel guilty. So I think that covers a lot of the conversation about culture. We could go on on that uh, forever, but uh, I want to s- start a new conversation by telling a little bit of a story. Uh, we just got through the Christmas, New Year's festivities And so we spent a lot of time with family telling stories of just past experiences and childhood memories, maybe childhood trauma, (laughs) little of both. And we noticed as we started to share stories, I particularly noticed, and this is a call for listeners who relate to me to reach out and tell me that I'm not crazy because no one else related to me on this regard. I want to know how many other families are out there having conversations about childhood trauma over Christmas dinner because I, I feel know. like we are weird about that. Probably yeah. unless they have a counselor in their family, yeah, they are yeah, not. Yeah. But anyways, I was, I was referencing a lot of the memories I have of childhood. And this is not, I am not, mom, dad, I am not saying that I am just sad all the time and that I, <laughs> you know, but a lot of the memories that I have vividly from growing up are memories associated to guilt and so i've told a couple of stories but i'm gonna get one off my chest publicly (laughs) so it's just there um i was in school and i i told my family this but i was in school one day and someone lent me their ipod and this was at the beginning stages of ipods so it's nothing like what we have now and one of my friends lent me his iPod because I didn't have one. Um, and when I was done using it, I turned it off. Now, today, that would not be a big deal. But 
back in the early 2000s, if you turned off an iPod, you deleted everything that was on the iPod. And you so, restarted it. Yeah, you like restarted it. And so I deleted all of his music and I felt so guilty. And that is how I remember what my school looked like, what he looked like, what like some of my friends looked at because of that moment in time. Mm-hmm. I like have such a clear memory of like handing him the iPod, him being mad, me feeling guilty, me walking the long way around to class to not run into him again as he like got mad. And it's just crazy to me. And it was crazy to everybody else in this conversation. The fact that I remember my school by this one time that I felt guilty about turning someone's iPod off. But so that is on one hand, just me calling out to listeners saying, do you feel this way as well? Am I alone in the universe? (laughs) Because what happened during this conversation over Christmas was that Samuel asked the rest of us in his family if we felt similar. And basically the big response was, not no. really. <laughs> uh, we actually, it was interesting. We found that we had, uh, I guess you could call them emotional markers, like our quote negative memories had different emotional markers. In Samuel's case, a lot of them were guilt, and in my case, a lot of them were anger. Uh, that's kind of what um, the lingering emotion around a lot of negative emotions, or or what caused an, an experience to stick was the anger that was experienced around it versus the guilt. But yeah, so if you're out there, Samuel needs a friend. Yeah, I need need a friend. (laughs) But I say all that, not just for my own benefit, although that is included, but also I would like to ask, especially you, Emily, what do we do with lingering guilt, especially Mm. from our childhood? Because I think so many people are living with guilt from especially their early years of mm-hmm. development mm-hmm. that it's just it's just lingering and it leads to anger and it leads to frustration yeah. it leads to new guilt and new relationships mm-hmm. and so i don't know i think that's just yeah. an important conversation yeah. to have and maybe not even kids i think lingering guilt can be like something that you did in a relationship years ago and that yes the other person has forgiven you for right but you keep bringing it back so anyway, yeah i think that's a great question it is a wonderful question, um, and I'll partially answer it. I would... Get a counselor. <laughs> so we say every time at the end of the episode, you said it too early. Uh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Do, no that's not me. actually what I was yeah. going to say. Um, I would argue that you're actually feeling shame when yeah. those things linger. Yeah. Um, that maybe it started as guilt. Um, there's corrective action that needed to be taken. And now maybe you're in a situation where you like, can't really take corrective action because you don't even know that person anymore or whatever. Yeah, we're not yeah. asking you to go like Facebook message somebody from 10 right, years ago. Right. Like, just let it go. Right. Um, so without giving too much away about the shame episode, I'd say um, the conversation that you had Samuel this week with us is exactly what people should do. You just talk about it and then you realize, Oh man, other people have made this mistake. Too. I'm not the only one that feels guilty in this way. Um, maybe it is someone that you are like still in relationship with and you're like, I've never told them that I'm sorry for this and I, I need to just bring it up. Usually it's going to be like way less dramatic than what you expected it to be, um, especially when it's stuff in the past that doesn't actually impact a person anymore, but it gets it off your chest. Um, so yeah, talk about it. I, I think 
whether it's with the person that it happened with or someone else, have that conversation. Yeah, that's great. And I, I this connects to something that we've said before in one of our previous episodes, but the idea that um, having, oh, let me start again because I actually know what it was. Yeah, I think that's great. And this connects to something we talked about in the safety episode, but um, having those safe places is such an important uh, deal. Somebody that, yeah, having these places where you can have conversations about feeling guilty or, um, or any of your other emotions and being able to work through them and make sense of them. And, and in many ways, um, guys kind of pull them apart where you like are experiencing sadness, guilt, and shame all at the same time and kind of be able to, mm-hmm. to work them apart. Really the only way to do that is like you're saying, like getting it out, having a conversation about it, and then you can begin to work through it. So, um, yeah, I think your, your advice about like finding and developing those safe spaces, finding those friendships, even this is awkward, but I, I have had this conversation with, with a few people of like, Hey, uh, we're good friends. Um, this is going to be a little weird. I would like to have, <laughs> you know, this kind of conversation. Can I talk to you about this one thing? And just kind of like be explicit about it. Um, sometimes we haven't had those kind of relationships. And so getting them started, I'm not saying like some kind of weird friend, emotionally friendship DTR thing, like just, <laughs> but like some kind of like, Hey, here's, here's kind of what I've been working through. Again, if, if this podcast can be that where you're like, Hey, listen to this episode. And then can we talk and have coffee afterwards? Mm-hmm. Great. Use that. We'll use whatever you need to, to make it a normal thing, but kickstart it somehow. Um, yeah. We just tied in safety, loneliness, anger, hurt, doing it we're pretty just, much all of them yeah. and and guilt <laughs> yeah that's great there we go that's all I, that question doesn't even seem reasonable um when we don't experience guilt yeah oh it, i could you want to yeah okay i'll wrap it up because we've asked that about every yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah okay so as we're coming to a close kind of wrapping this up emily why don't you uh Okay, so as we are coming to a close, Emily, why don't you wrap this up for us a little bit by just telling us what happens when we don't experience um, healthy guilt? Or, or let a, ourselves. Let ourselves and, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and work through that. Sure. Um, so we're probably not going to take corrective action, right? So the, the offense just kind of is left as this gaping wound. Um, we never um, work through it. We never... Um, admit that we were guilty. Um, so in most situations, uh, feelings are going to remain hurt. Um, problems are going to remain unsolved. Um, when we're forced to take that corrective action, um, then oftentimes that's the, the, um, beginning of healing in a lot of ways. So feel guilty. It, Helps relationships. <laughs> yeah, really, it yeah, does. Yeah, and I, I know that was our last point, and I've mm. been talking a lot. <laughs> I, I, we were talking about this before we were recording, but I listen back to these episodes and get so irritated listening to myself talk because I just never land the plane. But you do, but though. No, I'm just Anyways, <laughs> but here we are. I'm still gonna talk. I've had a lot of experiences recently where I've heard my close friends tell people to not feel guilt. Mm. Yeah. And so I just want to say that as a statement of like, it's happening Yeah, around us. We don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what it's happened, the kind of culture that has fed it recently is this like, um, you do you, uh, not sharing, but venting mm. this like venting culture. Mm. That's like, Oh, just share your things with me. And I'm just here to listen. Mm-hmm. And, and although that's important to some extent, and I want yeah. you to feel safe and out of loneliness and into relationship with, with your friends. Also, like feeling guilty is is appropriate. Mm-hmm. And as friends of people who are feeling guilt, like don't discourage it. Yeah, right. Don't push it down and just be there to listen to them. Yeah. Talk about the same faults over and over right. and over again. Help them ask the question, what did you actually do wrong? Because if they didn't, it is important yeah, yeah, to yeah. say right. like, hey, I don't think you're guilty yeah. for that. But if they have done something wrong, it is good and right and uh, like a requirement of friendship, <laughs> real friendship to say, yeah. You should probably figure that out. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think for a lot of us, if we grew up in a, uh, in an environment, and I'm not talking about family, I'm, I'm just talking about kind of social environments where uh, false guilt was very mm-hmm. prevalent, right? Where, where the expectation was that we would, um, uh, live up to somebody else's standard, then our response often is to overcorrect right. and then to say, oh, I won't feel guilty at all. Mm-hmm. And I'll do whatever. And that that doesn't help us either. So it, right. I, I, I get that it's tough because you're trying to help somebody come out of experiencing false guilt. Like, hey, you don't know that's, that's their standard. That's not yours. But then to get rid of all standards or of your own standards doesn't help anybody either. Right. Um, because those, like you said, I think this is really important. Um, ignoring guilt or not feeling healthy guilt in the right places means hurt continues, means right. wounds fester, means mm-hmm. relationships are ruptured. And that ultimately that's probably not something that you want. It's not yeah. something that we want. And so, um, yeah, ignoring the healthy side of guilt can can lead to some rough places. And we all, I think we, a lot of us know people that are know, I guess calloused maybe is a good word in some way where, where they've avoided um, guilt and where yeah. that, that creates a perpetual sense of unsafety around that person because you you recognize that they are going to, there's a possibility that they might bulldoze and do something and never take ownership for it. And so that what that does is that, that pulls us away from them. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's the last thing that any of us want to become. So, right. Yeah. And we will all at some point be guilty you can't avoid this in life. Yeah. So that doesn't, and this kind of wraps up into shame, but there isn't something wrong with you as a human because right. you are guilty. So just go ahead and fess up to it. Yeah. An apology can do you wonders. And join us next week as we talk about <laughs> shame. shame. But before, that was a great ending, but it's not the week, ending. <laughs> we want to thank, first of all, the chunkiest boys. And one in all hunky. of the land, and one hunk. Yeah, that changes. <laughs> Two chunks and a hunk for that awesome intro that they have given week after week. They have put time and thought into it, and it is very evident that they they have done that. And we are so thankful for them. They are just our our podcast family, and we appreciate them a lot. Um, we also want to take this Be opportunity on the lookout for stories shaped chunkies. The Podcast Network, coming to you soon. 
And, and it's just a network with our two podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's Anyways. A, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. But if uh, two chunks of you want that to be a thing, let us know. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, we're waiting for them to call us. Right. Exactly. Anyways. Yeah, okay. Talk about emotions in movies. Don't put that on. You can delete this. That, that would be really interesting. <laughs> yeah, not kidding. Yeah. Why haven't they called us to do stuff on their podcast? Yeah. Um, there are often times that they're like, if I had a counselor... Or if a counselor was listening to this or something like that, I'm like, oh, I am. Me. I will come and talk about. What does this say about me that my first reaction to this movie was this? Like, oh, I could tell you. I could tell you. (laughs) Anywho. And we'd also like to remind you, if you have questions, thoughts, concerns, words that you use in place of guilt, please let us know. The two ways you can do that. One is email us at storyshapedlife at gmail.com. Um... Or uh, or send us a direct message over Instagram at Storeshape Life. While you're there, give us a follow, like our pictures. That would make me very happy. Um, and it'll also help you stay up to date to all the things that we're doing. That being said, I will remind you, in two weeks, we will be answering your questions. So don't forget to send those questions. Uh, we'll have. It can be questions from any episode, any so episode, if it's guilt or something that maybe or you think shame. Of, even though we haven't even gotten there, yeah, sure. If you know a bunch about it, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, if you have any questions about any of the emotions, uh, send those our way. Yeah, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.